Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to the Afternoon Commute with Chris Kendall and John Adams. Today is March 13th, 2018. If you'd like to hear previous episodes of the Afternoon Commute, go to hoaxbusterscall.com and you'll see those posted up there alongside the most recent episode of Chris's Monday Night Broadcast, the original Hoaxbusters Call. Also posted up there are various articles and videos. Some of those are original in nature, so make sure you check those out for any and all things Hoaxbusters. Go to hoaxbusterscall.com, but at the same time, don't go to hoaxbusterscall.com because it's no longer up there anymore. Well, yeah, you can. I I, I put a placeholder uh, page up there, so it has links to stuff and whatnot. You can't put www.hoaxbusterscall.com. It won't work for some... I, I don't know exactly what the deal is with that, but it has to be Hoaxbusters call with no www. So, and then it'll go to the placeholder page, which is uh, I, I just uh, uploaded a HT a static HTML page to post some links and stuff on. So there's really uh, as far as a blog. It's it's gone, and I don't know uh, any way to recover the blog or the content on the blog. So uh, I just have something up in the interim to um, at some future point um, have a have a different blog or a new blog or a new fresh blog. So I think I just start a new a whole new podcast and everything. It'll be still on the same. Uh, it's going to be. It's going to have 33 percent less dead air than the previous uh, Hoaxbusters calls. So, uh, be a new and improved Hoaxbusters call. Good, because you know we we deserved it. Um. Yeah, I mean, after all, you can't uh, allow people to just go on the internet and give just any kind of opinion or anything can't really expect to be able to do that without being reprimanded or punished in some way. Yeah. Survival of the fittest. Um, I want to thank everybody out there, a bunch of uh, different people, everybody from um, Delcroix to Kyle Not So Freemason, uh, to Kelito Brigante, everybody out there who's uh, helped us out. A lot of people have uploaded um, uh, the entire, uh, I think Mahatma Coat helped out as well um, yeah. with uh, uploading uh, the stuff to BitTorrent. 
Right. Yeah, so now there's there's torrents of the entire HBC catalog. Um, also, listener Matthew is talking about uh, uh, trying to get uh, ho- all the stuff uploaded to BitChute. I'm not really familiar with what that is, so I'm, I'm not very computer savvy, but he's talk- talking about that and or... Um, maybe even trying to recover aspects of of the blog and things like that. So um, thanks everybody and anybody who wants to help out and trying to recover stuff and save all the uh, audios and whatnot. Yes, that's the most appreciated. Uh, I do have a link to that BitTorrent at hoaxbusterscall.com placeholder page. Uh, No www just hoaxbusterscall.com or if you put it into a search engine it should take you there still but yeah the the bit torrent link is on there and i want to thank uh malibu joe for sending a donation appreciate that man um so there's that and yes thank uh, you malibu joe also sent me a donation as well thank you but um let me just go through just because uh in these uh in these times here where um uh I just like to every once in a while give thanks to everybody out there, especially um other friends as you know of course fakeologist.com always been supportive of everything that we do, so make sure you check out fakeologists um Kyle's got a website it's called uh, the Fa agenda. You check that out. Um, that's Kyle Notso Freemason. Um, of course, Questioning Our Reality has always supported us. A.A. Uh, a. Morris, A Proper Gander at Propaganda. Make sure you check out his uh, new podcast. It's excellent. Stupendous. Uh, it's wonderful uh, what you've done uh, with, with the entire uh, thing uh, there, A.A. I love everything that you do. Um, joking. Um yeah, and then um, of course uh, Jay Dyer has been sending tips uh, to try to help out too. So always appreciate Jay there. And uh, yeah, um, yeah. And fake, fake all just uh, shout out and uh, yeah, and Simon Simon Shack is going to do a. Uh, Oh, yeah, Simon Shack said some nice words about hoaxbusters. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, shout out to him and Ahoy Poloi and their crew. Uh, I, uh, Kay was telling me that Simon is going to come to the States and tour around or something. Something hmm. like that. Interesting. So that'll be cool. 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 Yep. So let's see what else. What else going on, Mr. Kindle? What's been on your mind um, lately, besides the obvious? What's on my mind? Well, just um, kind of the kind of the regular thing. <clears throat> I mean, I get uh, hung up on certain subjects. And I'll kind of oh, get, wait, wait, uh, wait, before, before you go into that, I just want to say one thing real quick. The purge of um, 
blogs is not limited to people talking about um, quote-unquote risque material, by the way. Apparently, other types of blogs like lifestyle and cooking blogs have disappeared for whatever reason. Um, and then they've had to appeal to get those back as well. So there's lots of stuff that's been taken down off YouTube. I know my wife's uh, cousin's YouTube got taken down at one point. Oh, helicopter's coming by. I'm going to mute myself. So they just take down stuff with no reason given, really. And it's just... Well, I think, too, that that way it can kind of, like, cover up the fact that they're blatantly censoring certain information. If they kind of just go out there and just start pulling channels down, then it looks like it's not so suspicious. Like, it doesn't look like direct censorship. But Like, with this stuff, it's like, clearly, I believe it's censorship. I don't know why else, why you would just randomly kind of uh, arbitrarily pull people's channels down. Uh, that makes no sense unless you're trying to cover up the fact that you're actively targeting certain uh, ideas that are unfavorable. And then that by doing, you know, by just kind of casting a wide net and kind of taking down cooking channels or whatever, it kind of, it. I think that masquerades the the deliberate, direct censorship of certain ideas that they're clearly doing. I don't know. That's what could be going on. I think the helicopter landed and there's people standing in John's yard talking to him. Got oh, my helicopter. God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're not going to believe this. Okay. There's what a happened? guy trying to set brush oh. fires right now and say, telling me that it's me trying to set brush fires. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, there's, uh, yeah, I, I, I think, um, yeah, that could be the case. I, I, I don't know what, what the purpose of, you know, pulling down people's YouTube's YouTube channels that literally just had like playlists of music for and didn't really have any content created. It was just, you know. So, uh, probably I, co- copyright or whatever thing, or they're just kind of. I was saying, yeah, I was saying, like I maybe. said, it's not, it's not even copyright infringement. It'd be like if you saw a, um, it'd be like if you had a playlist of like videos of other people's stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Of, of other people's videos. Right, right. YouTube like pulled your channel for no reason. It's just with no explanation, just not there anymore. That that's what happened with one of my wife's cousin's channels. So um huh. Yeah. Um anyways, uh so uh you said kind of the usual stuff was on your mind? Well, you know, I get, uh, like I was saying, I get kind of hung up on a particular subject, which uh, lately has kind of been this whole uh, veganism movement, which is uh, the new, which I've been saying is the new religion that uh, Marie Strong and uh, Mikhail Gorbachev 
said that they were going to help establish with the Earth Charter and have a new religion based on a form of Earth worship. And you're seeing this is not a diet fad. I don't believe that. This is a new religion that's busting up on the scene. And it's uh, the at least the perception is being created that it's really expanding and taking off. I don't know how true that is, but I get a sense that it's true to some degree, which I think is uh, is very interesting in light of uh, stuff I've run, uh, I've, you know, been following this stuff for years since I was in, you know, my twenties, you know early 20s and um then now you know you, so you, you know you hear about agenda 21 you hear about all these things you hear about the earth charter and all this other stuff and then you're seeing this uh everybody since uh, around 2015 just this uh it just blitzkrieg of you know vegan shit you know and uh, so I get Google notifications, and uh, they send me yeah, where you can just sign up, and it and it'll send you all the headlines that have a certain subject line in it. And so you know, daily uh, or whenever I check my mail, my email, I'll have the uh, all the listing of the of, of articles that have. Uh, vegan in the uh, title and so there's just all this different uh promotion of this stuff by celebrities all these different stories that are now appearing all over the mainstream uh websites and then uh i don't watch television but um the, the television was on downstairs earlier at my buddy's i'm here at my buddy's house staying uh and the there's some show on and they were telling the kid and i could just overhear hear it when i sit at the table over there that are talking about uh being vegan so that kind of like uh i was like I, I don't get that much exposure to media but like i'm i'm hearing this all the time like on on television and on different places you know and it and uh it's it's obviously being heavily pushed from the top. So that's uh, something that I've kind of tuned into now with this thing. And, uh, yeah, this is not a diet fad. So I'm not, I don't feel like I'm over uh, reacting to a diet trend or anything. This is, and uh, and when I bring this up too, I'm not, I'm not, the intention is not to hammer on anybody that's eating a certain way for whatever reason. Cause I, I don't, that's not really what it's about. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, this is like a totally, this is like a total promotion of this new religion is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about these fanatical uh, animal rights, vegan people or these, you know, fanatical vegans that have, you know, tied it or attached this to some kind of new ethic, you know, which is, um, where, I mean, that's essentially like a religion. I've talked about that in that, uh, debate that I had 
uh, back in December, and uh, I just pointed out that you know there's a lot of a lot of the you know characteristics that you guys are displaying are like right in line with religious beliefs and ideals, and you're actually using that precise language about you know advocating for a new ethic and uh just pointing out to them you know it's like well if you look at so-called modern western civilization i mean it's basically uh the ethics that have been traditionally associated with the occidental civilization or what have you uh have been from you know the bible and the idea of uh you know a hierarchy with god at the top and then people um, having to be subject to uh, God as an, you know, as an authority and and everything kind of like um, the morality stemming from that idea. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, the Constitution was a Christian document. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying like as a cultural influence, it's been primarily, as far as Western uh, culture is concerned, Primarily, uh, the morality has uh, been largely influenced by uh, Christian ideal, Christian ideals. So this stuff now that's being heavily promoted from the top is something altogether different. And if you want an idea of where this new ethic is 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 going, or what or or something that kind of encapsulates, you know, go look up Peter Singer and like listen to some of his lectures and, or, and, or debates. I've watched several debates with him on, uh, and so he'll, he has these, this new ethic or, and then Richard Dawkins regards him as one of the most ethical men in the world, which whatever that means ridiculous but you know he'll advocate for you know um killing children with down syndrome he says that's fine you know we need to you know it's it's you know it's it's good for you know which is basically like a eugenics idea so he's totally on board with that you know killing people that are uh you know euthanasia killing people that are infirmed and stuff where they can't uh, uh motivate around but at the same time uh, this and he's 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 a strong proponent of like this animal rights kind of ideals, which are very uh, sinister. I talked about that book, uh, the animal the animal uh, the animal scam, and it goes into some of that. It wasn't I, I don't think that was a great read as far as that goes, but it did bring out some uh, really interesting stuff as far as like how radical these groups are and what they want as far as this animal rights stuff. But this, uh, you know, obviously ties into Agenda 21 and the Earth Charter and and just to see this, like, explode on the scene since around the year 2015 or so is pretty startling. I mean, to me, I don't know. What do you think, John? Yes, yes, no doubt. Um, 
for the most part, I think, as a vehicle of change, a lot of the stuff we're seeing now would tend to tie into stuff that had been talked about in the New Age for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not suggesting that this is a brand new idea, because, of course, you know, vegetarianism and that has been around for some time, and New Ageism and all that stuff. But I, I, I'm, I'm specifically addressing how that with the social media platforms and all this stuff, how you can get people on board with something like this and um, get these get these movements kicked off. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're we're seeing it we're seeing it happen right before our eyes, the big cultural shift, which I think, which I believe is what it is because all the, you know, the food, the big, the big agribusinesses and stuff are starting to like retool to bring in that they, they call it, they call this plant-based stuff. <laughs> I mean, based on 1% or, or less than 1% of the population uh, doing this vegan diet thing. And now, th- okay. Think about how ridiculous that is in uh, a true context because I posted that one article up about uh, yeah, this is a damn shame my blog is gone <clears throat> Hope, hopefully I can get it back up but uh, yeah that article is in there it's, 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 you can look it up anyway but uh, yeah all the diet fads that have been popular you know just in the United States well you know and also someone in Europe, just these diet fads that have come and gone throughout the decades, you know? And so the idea that, uh, the, the these industries are starting to re, re, uh, structure and stuff in anticipation for this getting really big. This is totally unprecedented as far as I'm concerned. I mean, as far as I know, and based on some diet trend, is just ridiculous unless it is part of an agenda and it's being pushed from the top. And they already know that that's the direction things are going to go because they already know the, um, how, 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 you know, it's going to go because they can, they know they can get this sentiment uh, to take hold in the culture. And it's going to be a big major cultural shift over to this new religion which, you know, happens to include, you know, which is uh, what's often associated and tied in with religious practices is what you eat. You know, Catholics have Lent. They have, you know, the Hindus and Buddhists and stuff. They have certain, you know, restrictions. There's always been something that's been associated with uh, those religions is like this idea of abstaining from eating, you know, cows or certain, you know, sacred animals and all that. And, uh, yeah, something about food and religion that go hand in hand. Well, this is no different, obviously. No, it's like I said, it's, it's kind of a long term plan. It's, I mean, there's lots of, um, well, where you find kind of esoteric beliefs and kind of occult practices, you seem to find vegetarians for some 
odd reason, um, whatever that is, um, wh- whether it's Hitler or whether it's Thomas Jefferson, um, people down through history, I, I think, and whether or not they actually are is not the point. Right. Um, I, I think Bill Clinton claims he's a vegan. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. so on, so on and so forth. Whatever it is, there, there's something that's kind of tied into that philosophy at, at whatever level. I I I don't fully get it, but main, mainly what it is is there's there's a couple of different things. I guess within um, in my experience with it, because I've I've never been a vegan, but I've been a vegetarian, but I've had you know, especially it, it pretty much kind of I, I would say takes kind of a mainstream kind of um, takes kind of a mainstream hold in in Generation X. I, I think baby baby boomers, you know, obviously I think veganism kind of comes in. If I remember correctly, it's like 1948. I think they kind of invent veganism, and uh-huh. then in the hit the baby boomers and the hippies, like vegetarianism, kind of kind of uh, takes. You know, it, it starts coming into vogue a little bit, but it. But it really takes hold in Generation X for the most part. Uh huh. And there's that Buren helicopter again. Well, here's an article. Will Bill Gates' smart city, quote unquote, go vegan? Henry, this is uh, November 16th, 2017, on PETA's website. In response to news that Bill Gates has purchased 25,000 acres in Arizona in order to build a new smart city, PETA sent the tech giant a philanthropist and philanthropist a letter this morning urging him to make uh, the city even smarter by making it vegan. Uh, well, this is a proposal from v, uh, PETA uh, to Bill Gates, I guess. Well, another thing, you know, I noticed that um, on the Discord chat there, after you were talking, to, we were talking about uh, on the call there, and you know, in, instead of uh, drinking cow's milk, just drink almond milk, right? Remember that? Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, you know, it's funny, and, and this is a great point because I, I've noticed this with all the nut milks myself. I um, uh, like I said, English James pointed this out. He he got a he got a bottle or a a box of almond milk there and pointed out all the ingredients in the almond milk and for the most part if you just were to go you know buy a nut milk at the store um, it's full of garbage is it yeah yeah there I mean there's very I mean if if you want to find like a decent nut milk which you know, I, I have a box of decent nut milk in the house. They're one, they're expensive, and two, they're they're kind of hard to find because in order to kind of get the 
thickness because in in order to get kind of the thickness, they add a bunch of gelling agents. Oh so right, they, yeah. You know they'll add like you know guar gum or uh, something even worse than that, like carrageenan or uh-huh. you know whatever to thicken it. And so then you know there's just a whole bunch of other stuff in it for for the most part. Like I said, you you could probably find a decent one with, you know, very minimal amounts of preservatives or, you know, try to find a really good one without it. Or you could just, you know, drink raw cow's milk instead. But Which is what I do. Right. And and uh, that's not not to say that I'm I'm not I'm not aware that there are people there there definitely are people who are lactose intolerant. There are people out there who are um, gluten intolerant, like my daughter, um, uh-huh. you know, and, and and that type of stuff. So, or, or people who have allergies to eggs and, and the, those type of stuff. I, I know that stuff's real, I, and um, it, it's rampant. And unfortunately, it's unnatural. It's not natural to have all these allergies to natural stuff, and a lot no. of it is is the external environment that we live in has an effect on on people. I, I know when I was when I was really young, um, for a while there I was lactose intolerant. Like any time I would drink milk I would get a stomach ache. Oh really? Um, okay. Um and I mean, you know, that's back in the seventies or whatever, but um yeah, you're allergic to pasteurized milk. I think that's an important thing to point yeah, out. That that is that that is true. Um, but you know, what, whatever it is, uh, there you know, the alternatives. There are good things. There are good things out there. I I, I definitely think that with a lot of this um, this change cycle that that we're going through, this cycle of change. There's good things and there's bad things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think for the most part, though, like we've discussed in the past, is if you're looking at it objectively, not looking at it for, you know, uh, just just the sole thing. Like, hey, this is great. I can go down the street and, you know, buy uh, raw milk and grass-fed beef. It's not necessarily the good or the bad that's important. It's the change that's important. It's the fluctuation. And so along with the good stuff, there there comes this kind of movement and fluctuation into a new way of thinking. And, And if you're not cognitively aware of a lot of stuff or consciously aware, you can get wrapped up in, in change and fluctuation and, and kind of move in a particular direction where, you know, and, and I think that's the point overall is the constant flux. And in, in that constant flux, good things come about, but also just the momentum and the change and the, and the movement towards a, a kind of end goal that is not your own. Yeah, and then, you know, um, 
it's good not to take it out of context. It's like, it's like this, uh, with this vegan movement, it's not, um, uh, I'm, I'm not regarding it as anything new as far as like the artificiality of our current culture. You know, a lot of stuff that we take for granted in our current culture is like normal is some artificial, you know, construct or ideal based on some past to, you know, push it for some agenda, you know. And, it, you know, it gets me thinking and wondering, like, how many things do we have like that, that we just go through life? and never question it. Um, I had a listener email me about, uh, you know, trying out the, uh, you know, eating some raw meat, eat some raw dairy, um, Joshua. And, uh, he said he had, had a great, uh, results from that. And, uh, the only reason I tried it out is like, you know, I heard people talking about it. I saw some YouTubers talking about it and I had found, I had read about it before a while back. And I think even, uh, me and Marcus Allen had a conversation about this, uh, 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 Vanderplanets, a guy who advocates, you know, eating raw meat and all that. And it's like, oh, well, that sounds like a crazy diet fad. And then, you know, when you get, when I got into thinking about it, thinking in the terms of our, you know, our, our society and culture, and we take everything kind of like, uh, that, that are the norms, we kind of take them for granted, you know, like that, well, that's just the way things are done. And, and I, you know, and I've been rethinking the idea of like, uh, you know, cooked food, like you cook the crap out of everything, you know, like in our, in like people don't eat and they're, and they're now I've, I've heard people talk about all the time. It's like, Oh yeah. You know, you gotta be sure like a meat or anything. You're like, really really cook it good you don't want to need and it's like this real high level of concern well i i think it's over it's definitely distorted and then i you, know, you get to thinking about it it's like okay we're the only uh creatures on the planet that eat you know cooked food nothing else you know it, animals don't eat cooked food and it's like it, and so you know i've been thinking about this for a while now recently and it's like uh yeah, that's a good question. It's like, why the hell do we cook their food? You know, and then, but, but then, you know, people will come back. Well, well, it's going to have bacteria in it. It's going to kill you if you get bad bacteria. And it's like, yeah, is that true? I mean, is that real? Is that we're really told the truth on that? Because there seems to be like um, an over, uh, over emphasis on you know sanitization and. You know, cooking and and germophobia, you know, is like rampant in our culture too. It's like people are terrified of freaking germs, or and they're sterilizing their hands or washing their hands. They go to pee, it's like, oh, I touched my genitals, I better run and wash it off. There might have been some bacteria on my genitalia. They got on my hands. It's like, what really? I mean, that's part of your body, and it's like, you know, but we're so conditioned to be so paranoid about freaking germs and bacteria it's like insane it's like uh no and i don't wash my hands after i pee i think it's stupid it's like ah oh, you touched your junk man it's like well you got to wash your hands it's like 
I, I mean, my, I'm pretty clean down there. I don't walk around all filthy and everything. I don't know. But it's like, a, but it's like this ritualistic thing. I've kind of come to regard it that way now. It's like, uh, you know, just observing myself, observing other people. It's like I go to the toilet and I run over and just compulsively wash my hands. It's like, yeah, really. I mean, what, what, for, for what reason? You say you're just riddled with bacteria down there. Is that what's going on, or really? I mean, does it make any? Does it make any sense, or is it some kind of just convulsive cultural in, installed thing into people? I think the latter. I mean, I, I, yeah, and I think this this idea about um, food. You know, if you if if you don't cook it, you're going to die, and all that. That's I, really now at this point, I, if you would have asked me about this a couple of years ago, I'd have a totally different take on it. But now at this point, I'm saying, yeah, that's that, that idea is actually doesn't make any sense. I mean, why do you have to? Did, did people who were hunter gatherers and primitive people did they if they caught something to eat or they got something out or they found eggs or something out? Well, I was like, and um, and it's absurd talking point of the vegans is say well you don't have claws so you shouldn't be eating meat it's like well shit you know people primitive people go collect they collect eggs they find you know reptiles snakes whatever they can catch all this stuff by hand they don't have to have you know special tools to hunt but anyway it's like did they run and like oh i got an egg here well i better go cook it before i eat it or i might get sick and die or like you know primitive hunter gatherers they think like that no hell no and you could even look at, you know, National Geographic. Oh, how much is that to be believed? I don't know. But anyway, if they're documenting primitive cultures, which I believe, you know, still exists, like in the Amazon and stuff, you know, people are, there's a lot of people too now in the modern day, they're kind of half in civilization and half out. Um, do they uh, cook their food? Yeah, I mean, some of it, but not like not like the Western world does, like where they, Oh, we found an egg or something. You know, eat you know, eat it raw or eat a lot of stuff raw or eat uh, uh, certain animals, certain fish raw and stuff like that. You know, and then you know the Japanese. You know, they're it's known for you know eating raw fish and sushi, and they also eat a lot of raw meat, uh, beef, uh, horse, and stuff like that. So uh, Ethiopians are that the food is becoming kind of trendy. In certain circles, uh, certain uh, areas in, in you know uh, the United States, and they have, from what I understand, they have dishes with raw meat. And um, so, I don't know. I've just been thinking about that recently too, and this kind of focus on veganism kind of got me uh, kind of looking closer at some of these. Uh, cherished beliefs in our system that are like it, it especially something like this where if you challenge this it really gets people up tight and and it's like okay is this even warranted like where is this coming from i don't know anybody who's died from food poisoning from not cooking their food or undercooking their food i know people that have heard that, that have gotten sick but it's like well what is the actual reason for that does it have something to do with like getting chicken from a factory farm or the conditions are, are, you know, you got sick chickens that are like very unhealthy that aren't being fed good diets that are, 
you know, being shot up with antibiotics and stuff, and those antibiotics create greater strains of stuff and create weird strains of shit. Is that why people get I think that has more to do with why in the modern day people get sick than anything else is the is the stuff that goes on in these factory farms and how food is handled and then stuff like that. I, I don't believe that this was a big issue with, uh, let's say, the Plains Indians hunting buffalo. And I, and I, and I definitely don't believe that they were cooking the, the crap out of their food and, uh, with the religious fervor that, um, the, the typical, uh, civilized domesticated slave does. So, um, yeah. And in fact, they ate, uh, one of the delicacies was like a, a fermented fish. Which is basically allowing fish to spoil, like burying it in the ground, allowing to spoil, allowing maggots to get in it, and then they would eat that. And it's like, okay, what the hell is going on? Would you automatically die? It's like, well, apparently not. So yeah, there's just a re a, a reformulation of my thinking recently as far as diet and stuff goes, and. Uh, uh, yeah, and I find it's really compelling, especially since like the kind of reactions you'll get from people. It's kind of like, like um, it, you know, very uh, like alarming, disturbing. You know, it's kind of it's very disturbing to me. I don't know, like, and then I'm asking myself, like, okay, why would that be so disturbing? Well, it's probably because of the conditioning process that the people have gone through. Um, you know, myself included. Yeah, initially, I you know hear about this kind of stuff like, oh, yeah, eating, eating raw meat, or uh, that's that that just sounds nasty for one thing, and um, it, yeah, it's da- dangerous, right? And of course, everybody knows that. It's like, oh, really? Do you know that? So, uh, yeah, I'll have to say that I've been definitely putting it to the test, and uh, so far, so good. Um, very good, actually. Uh, I've never felt better in my whole entire life, and I'm not exaggerating, than when I'm, uh, you know, really on this diet strictly. And, uh, yeah, I, it's just amazing. It's like, you know, I'm 49 years old. And, uh, I, I feel like, uh, I, I don't even, I can't remember feeling this good. I mean, it's like, you could just tell. And like, when you get into doing it, it's like, you know, and, and I suggest like, you know, get, uh, when I was at Richard's uh, house there, Richard, Richard D in Arizona that you work, you work with John, uh, that Richard, Richard destroy, uh, we uh, went to the farmer's market, and he got some uh, animal fat, some, I mean, beef fat. And it was like $4 for a big thing of it. And he he, he boiled it down to make a tallow with it. And um, I was thinking, man, I kicked myself for not buying that. And what I would do with it is, like, cut it up and, like, maybe stick it into a jar and just eat it as is along with, uh, you know, meat or other stuff. 
and uh, because the, the the animal fat is like, and it was good and it was grass fed and everything, beef and all that. But the animal fat is, uh, from what I understand, what I'm starting to learn is like uh, highly nutritious, very good for you. And, you know, I want to try it raw. Or if you prefer to make it more culturally acceptable to a lot of people that may be listening, uh, beef sushi without the rice. So, um, yeah. So, you know, pretend it's in a swanky Japanese trendy hipster restaurant in uh, that, that uh, nice part of town with all the uh, food joints and stuff and, and, and it's sushi. Just think of it that way and that'll make it more pal- palatable to the uh, common Westerner. But, um, no, I mean, just some thoughts, you know, I've, I've kind of taken this route before with, uh, trying something different that, you know, initially I regarded as radical or kind of stupid, which was the Bates method, like eyesight correction. And it's like, well, I had really good success with that. I'm still not I still haven't worn eyeglasses. I haven't put on eyeglasses in years. And uh, I I see great. Um, I still have a little trouble seeing in low light conditions or artificial light conditions. I still have some difficulty with that. But um, yeah, I don't, it still doesn't compel me to run out and get a pair of glasses. But. <coughs> I'm not saying the two things are linked either. I'm just saying, I'm just pointing out like, yeah, if you kind of get in the mindset where you're rejecting just these strongly held beliefs in this belief system, set of belief systems we call civilization, then, uh, yeah, you'll find out some new and interesting things, I believe. And, uh, potentially very life-altering things, uh, life-changing things. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm definitely not advocating that people run out and start gobbling down raw meat, but, um, you know, yeah, do whatever you want, but I'm just, I'm just giving my experience, my opinion and, uh, just reporting what, uh, the results I've had. So that's all I'm doing. Uh, and this is out of kind of like a, just a, a quest to be, um, feeling better because I've had, you know, the, the issues with the bipolar and all that and the manic depressive phases and all that. And it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, when you kind of take your health matters into your own hands, you may experiment around with some different things and that's what I, what I've done. And so far this thing here is like raw milk, raw dairy, even raw meat, uh, organ meats, fats, stuff like that. It's like, uh, unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. I mean, I, I'm kind of, I'm hoping now that I kind of got this thing whipped, you know, I won't have these episodes anymore if I stick onto this diet. Because last time, um, 
which was like back in December, I had this, that episode. And it was like, uh, when I got home, I was like, uh, uh, I started to really do the diet, uh, sort of, uh, strictly and everything. And then I went and got raw milk and I had raw meat and I had raw milk and I had organ meats and stuff like that. And I was like eating that stuff exclusively for the, actually the first time. And I did that for several days and I was eating raw honey, raw eggs. And, uh, it was like, it snapped me out of that. It just snapped me out of that within a couple of days. And I was like, I was just feeling not only leveled out, just like better than I had in a long time, a long time that I couldn't remember. And I was like, man, this is absolutely fantastic. I cannot believe this, that I've been missing out on this for so long. And so it's kind of given me this hope that like, uh, yeah, maybe I got this thing whipped, you know, if I could, if, you know, I could stay on this diet because I had such a rapid kind of recovery out of the, and then not going into like the depressive phase or something, the mania and all that. It's like pulled me out of that. And it was like, I mean, drastically. So, I mean, that's totally anecdotal though. I mean, that's nothing that anybody can like depend on. It's just my, uh, accounting of what, what happened. But, but, um, yeah, I'm just putting that out there as my experience, not any kind of dietary advice or anything. Um, yeah. Here's a quote from the conspiracy of that book. From what again? You got some noise on the line there. Check one, two. Yeah. I said, were you familiar with that book? I couldn't hear what book you were referring to because there was a uh, lot of the, noise on the line. The Aquarian Conspiracy by Marilyn Ferguson. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, here's a, here's a quote from that. I think that book, uh, what year is this? It's like 81 or something. I can't remember. Oh, 77. She says, cultural transformation announces itself in sputtering fits and starts sparked here, there, and by minor incidents, warmed by new ideas that many smolder for decades mm-hmm. in many different places at different times. The kindling is laid for the real conflagration, the one that will consume the old landmarks and alter the landscape forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this the the stuff that we see today, the kind of transformation, the movement and changes, they've been laying the groundwork for a long time, implanting the ideas decade by decade, generation by generation. And it, it just slowly but surely chips away at people's kind of resistance to anything for the most part. And at any given time, through the media, you can be flipped or switched back to an old way of thinking or or flip forward to a new way of thinking. Yeah. So case in point, like like on the flip side, um, it's like the alternative media. All you know, like we pointed out, like about 
what three or four years ago all of a sudden the flip the thing got the light switch got flipped that you know the alt media was going to be white nationalist and kind of borderline nazi and a lot of it in you know into white nationalism and racism again because that was actually what it was all about in the 1990s Mm -hmm. yeah Right, and somebody just flipped the switch and like, okay, we're going to start talking about this again and it's going to be prominent again. And like I said, you know, um, or you and I have said veganism, vegetarianism has always kind of been in the background of stuff. Um, well, what does uh, Ferguson say there? Smoldering, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. For yeah, decades. that's a good... Yeah, that's a good quote. Um a good quote because it's an interesting book, by the way. If anybody ever wants to read the Aquarian Conspiracy by Marilyn Ferguson, her her claims have been called outlandish, but she basically says that uh, within the within the confines of government and tax free foundations and all this type of stuff, there is a conspiracy of New Agers taking over the planet and she's saying it's a conspiracy that she's a part of and that she's proud to be a part of. So, Oh yeah. She, she was, she wasn't necessarily saying it was a bad. Thing. Oh no. She was saying it was a good thing. And she was, and literally the tone of the book is there's really nothing anybody can do about it. And uh, even if you resist, you can't resist because uh, the, the thing that she states is that there were people that were co-conspirators in the Aquarian conspiracy without even being consciously knowing that they were conspirators. Mainly saying that the culture was controlled and manipulated and had messaging put into it that was overtly New Age. And it would become so culturally ingrained that people wouldn't even associate it with New Ageism. They would just associate it as being normal. And by the time it got to a certain generation, no one would even think of it as being New Age, i.e. something like yoga. Or something like um, this environmentalist uh, emphasis, mm-hmm. which like... Um, like people like like this article here is the other one I pulled up is about how Bill Gates is investing in this uh, meatless burger. Well, we talked about too how Richard Branson is like investing in synth- the, the synthetic lab-grown meat. So all these like billionaires are investing in this uh, alternative meats and stuff, which are actually fucking ridiculous. I mean, I'm looking at this Beyond Meat burger. When they go through all this, you know, exerted effort to make it look like a beef patty, it's like, why? That undermines all the vegan talking points. It was like, oh, well, you know, humans are designed to eat uh, broccoli. It's like, um, well, why do you fucking crave uh, a meat patty? And going through all this concerted effort to make it uh, taste and smell and look like beef. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. We've talked about that many times. But yeah. I I think once you get to, you know, 
three or four decades or gener or, you know into a generation like I was saying I myself personally I don't particularly think there's anything wrong with yoga people doing yoga for exercise or whatever it's not my bag um, but whether or not it's a good thing or whatever it was used as a cultural agent for change in the 1960s and yoga in and of itself the way that the west knows it is not even how they do, they don't i mean they don't do yoga in freaking india like they tell you um yeah and i've also heard that meditation the way the new agers and the kind of western practitioners uh, practice meditation is not the same either. Yeah, there's no transcendental Tibetan Buddhist me- meditation practices or any of that type of stuff. It's all made up for the Westerner, for the for the schlub who will buy anything and uh, you know have fattest diets and you know when someone like David Lynch the David Lynch Foundation for Transcendental Meditation who tries to get TM put into schools and prisons uh, has people on its, you know, has all these big actors and, peop- and you know, uh, international elites on on board with all this type of stuff. Yeah, that's, that's who it's for. Well, like I heard, uh, like Jan Irving was talking about it. And, uh, He's saying like uh, that it, it. So you practice meditation every day, and it puts you in this like um, it, it. It it causes your brain to switch over into this uh, uh, state of brain state or whatever. Yeah, and it was Bill Joslin. He was talking to Bill Joslin. Okay, and then he, he he's he's basically saying that okay, you practice this meditation, you start doing this every day, your brain is switching over into this brain state, and this brain state also happens to be the brain states that are um, being induced when you're trying to make somebody more suggestible to, uh, you know, influences or propaganda or whatever. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. It's yeah, transcendental meditation. It's, you know, turn yeah. your brain off, turn your thinking off, put yourself yeah. into a certain brainwave state to induce it, self-induce it. Clear your Make mind. Yourself, yeah. yeah. Clear, clear your, your mind, mind so that you can receive the new inputs. The, yeah. Uh, you know, like like I said, the most you know some of the stuff that comes along with all of this change, not necessarily bad, but it's the vehicle for change in it of itself. So it's creating, as a momentum is picked up, it's creating a, a ripple effect of change that's going to extend down through history to where, you know, now most communities, uh, I mean, you can go into, you know, little towns somewhere in the U.S. and they'll have, like, you know, a yoga studio. Right. Or they'll they'll have yoga classes at the public library. Right. You know, like I said, I'm, I don't necessarily think it's, it's a bad thing, but 
I know what it was used for in another time period. And today it's, you know, it's probably pretty much rendered useless, but, you know, in the 70s, it was causing a cultural shift. Well, right, and the Beatles were uh, instrumental in helping to promote those ideas, and they go over to India, and they meet with the yogi there, and they have the big uh, media... uh, you know, present there and talking about, oh, yeah, this is, a, you know, the getting in touch with their spirituality and this is how you do it. And, and then they're bringing it, help, helping to popularize these ideas. And so you go to your yoga class and you're going to have probably uh, people there that are kind of into yoga. And they're also in the kind of these uh, new ages ideas that include, you know, vegetarianism, veganism, and uh, this earth worship kind of mentality of uh, another thing that's tied in with this, too, that's even uh, promoted with uh, the the YouTubers and people is like... You're cutting out, Chris. ...tied... Um, how about now? Am I better now? Very good. Yeah. Um, go get your tube side. If you're a man, go get a vasectomy and, um, do it for the planet. Yep. I, I'm going to have a special report here. In the next couple of weeks, and it's going to be talking about um, some stuff having to do with yoga and with uh, new age type stuff. So I'll, I won't say too much more. So it'll be a uh, so it'll it'll keep the suspense going. But yes, I will be talking about some of the stuff and how it pertains to be. Most of it is pretty just Western for the most part. It's kind of this facade of being from the East, it's kind of sold to the American as being from the East, marketed to the American in you know uh, different fronts and all that type as being Eastern when it's pretty much a a creation. <laughs> West with with the veneer of being from the east. Well, then you have the uh, the technocratic elites, the Burning Man, and all that, and of course those ideals are heavily promoted within those spheres and have been for some time. I mean, we talked about the will, and that was the one of the uh, kind of pioneering online communities back in the, uh, I think it's far back. How far back does it go? It's early internet, early uh, online forum, and 
uh, Stuart brand and the whole earth catalog and all of that. And that being all tied in with all of this stuff that we're talking about. And yeah, that's another example of how this has been, I guess in the words of, um, Marilyn Ferguson there, it's smoldering for decades and we're seeing the run up, you know, we talked about the run up to all this. And I think now we're going into this new phase where this is like uh, being heavily, heavily pushed. And it's taken the form of this, uh, yeah, this so-called vegan movement. And uh, yeah, I think not only that it's, uh, it's definitely part of the depopulation program. And let's say that you're totally 100% convinced that, you know, eating strictly plants is the way to go. Uh, You'd have to also take into consideration that what you're getting at the grocery store is uh, like soy products and all this, you know, your GMO food, your vegetables, stuff like that are grown in denatured soil. They're not. Uh, they're they're denatured uh, products that are mass produced that they just pump artificial nitrogen in the soil. There's no micronutrients or anything like that that are you know delivered by way of the uh, the biological makeup of good healthy soil. That's not present. So even if you did have you know you're accurate as far as the idea that oh yeah plant-based diets are the way to go you wouldn't even be getting a proper plant-based diet if you're going into the modern synthetic uh, mass-produced garbage that's cranked out and sold in grocery stores but that is not even really addressed out there which is another thing that is like really uh, can really concerning about this whole thing. So, yeah, what it's going to result in is that there's just going to be a lot of sick people, even more sick than they are now, but it'll be uh, compounded with this uh, now, this big push over to, uh, yeah, this this synthetic vegan crazy diet trend thing yes the postmodern individual's diet of uh, synthetic foods yeah it's synthetic you know which is interesting too, because uh, no agenda points us, or you know, John Dvorak particularly points this out a lot. That a lot of people my age and younger believe that they're not susceptible to marketing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And they might not be quote unquote susceptible to kind of old kind of overt marketing. 
Yeah. But but they're they're totally susceptible to a new way of marketing. And the new way of marketing is like we were joking around about when you were at my house is you know, kind of buzz terms like small batch or uh uh-huh. you know, home homemade um you know, uh, kind of the products now kind of have these stories attached to them. Like if you, you know, get a bag of chips or something, there's some sort of story where it's, you know, uh, you know, it's Kendall's potato chips, and it's you know, on the back on the back of the bag, it's you know, Chris, you know, Chris Kendall started making potato chips in his garage in 1985, and he's been doing it ever since, and he's you know, now he's, like uh. Like my story will be about like, uh, yeah, I went to the grocery store. I would go to the grocery store and I noticed that I couldn't get a decent chip to save my life. I looked all over. I couldn't find anything that was uh, halfway decent, so I had to. So I was forced to start my own potato chip company. And uh, yeah, I use decent potatoes. I don't use the. Uh, yeah, synthetic potatoes or whatever, that kind of thing. Yeah, a story. That's what we talk about. Yeah. Millennials, millennials like to have a story. Yeah, they do with their food purchase. Yeah, they purchase purchase the potato chips and like to read read a story while they're eating. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's not that anybody's unsusceptible to marketing. Um, it's that there's a new way of marketing to people. <coughs> Is it Beyond Meat, based in El Segundo, California, was founded in 2009 and initially focused on a frozen chicken substitute. The business drew the attention of both Gates and 301 Inc., the venture arm of General Mills. <laughs> After its new vegan burger was released last year, Tyson Foods, the largest U.S. meat producer, announced it had a 5% stake in the company. Beyond Meat is also backed by Don Thompson, the former CEO of McDonald's Corp. Beyond The Beyond Burger is made from pea protein isn't the only game in town when it comes to vegan burgers with culinary distinction. Impossible Foods founded by standard biochemist Pat Brown is touting its own plant-based patties as an alternative to meat, but the company is focused more on distribution at high-end restaurants. So this is a, yeah, completely synthetic product that's some concoction made up of some kind of pea protein or whatever. It's like totally synthetic. It's ridiculous. Nasty. It's awesome. Sounds great. Yeah. Sounds good. It's interesting that um, it's in El Segundo, California. Yeah, yeah. Which well, is I mean, I've, I've constantly referred to as being a military industrial complex hub. Well, we also went into that. Remember, uh, you found that book 
about uh, where all the modern packaged food combat ready kitchen combat ready kitchen oh my gosh yeah it comes all out of military development programs everything from deli meats to processed cheese to everything um, yeah your whole modern grocery store comes out of those military programs what around world war ii right they're all tested tried and tested on the troops before they were distributed out to you know that's an interesting thing too is uh recently thinking about this is like um it's like um certain things within the military and or nasa um we were talking about this uh recently well me and my wife but um is how like remember memory foam came out in like the mid to late 90s uh-huh and they said that that was like you know what they put in the space suits or whatever oh is that right yeah some kind of a so another mem- memor- technology from nasa yeah yeah like memory foam beds and pillows now that are pretty commonplace that was allegedly nasa developed technology that you know, for no reason whatsoever was turned into, you know, a a consumer good. Right. Right. But so how many times has this happened throughout, you know, our, our lifetime where there's these NASA developed products that turn into and or military developed products that just turn into regular like cultural shifting consumer products? which you would tend to maybe speculate or extrapolate out to think that maybe that's the purpose of these things in the per- in the first place, since we know they don't go to space in them with, with this stuff. It's like an elaborate, at least in, from one vantage point, it's like this elaborate marketing ploy to come out with something and say, yeah, this is from space, everybody. Better get get your hands on this. This is like the latest, greatest thing. Space technology. Yeah, Velcro. Yeah, Velcro. Uh, microwave ovens. Yeah, the, the, those were all NASA technologies. You know, Tang. Tang. Um, like hot dogs. I don't know. Uh, uh, freeze-dried ice cream. Yeah, uh, that's nasty. <laughs> Freeze-dried ice cream. Pop pop rocks. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I used to really like those when I was a kid. I was like, <laughs> love, love some pop rocks. Like, uh, What was pop rock? Was it like freeze-dried like soda or something? Well, you would get like a, they would come in like a little, kind of a small package but it would have the, your pop rocks in there and you pour them in your mouth and they just start going crazy in there and start fizzing yeah, and was, popping yeah, is, I, maybe oh, it was like it was. I, I can't remember what it was I thought I was thinking back on it maybe it's like freeze dried like carbonated soda like and then once you <laughs> put it in there it melts and starts carbonating or something 
Uh, I don't know. But, but it's fun space, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Well. Or or what about the pen the pen that writes upside down? Yeah, but what see, I mean Well that's the thing with pens. Have you ever found a pen that like actually writes? There's like a, it's it's a rare it's a rare commodity in our modern culture with the ubiquity of mass produced everything and pens but to actually find one I do have one and I like I, I carefully guard it and I keep it in my backpack and I and it actually writes like the ink flows real good and it's like a it's a rare pen give me a break come on Chris that'll actually on. write no it actually writes I could get it right now and I could write and it'll just write and it doesn't uh you know it's not all spotty and and all that. No, I mean it's true. I actually have one. But uh yeah, they put pins that could write upside down, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that's a great marketing uh tactic to say that it was developed in space. Yeah, or or by the military. Or by the uh, military. Some some of that stuff I'm sure they didn't use it as a particular marketing thing, but like we were saying before, the man who was in the army came home to the new modern world and he had like kind of gotten used to deli meats and canned goods and then when he got back to the house and the wife was cooking in that new modern way after it had been marketed to her in that fashion he was cool with that well yeah convenience foods and uh, then I think what it started out kind of like instant mashed potatoes and then that uh, was kind of like introduced to the kitchen's and uh condiment packets condiment packets and like the packaged ketchup and mustard and that type of stuff that was all combat ready yeah and you know dang well instant mashed potatoes came out of the military like uh freeze-dried mashed potatoes that you could like reconstitute mm. and uh Yeah, like delicious. Yeah, like uh like potatoes au gratin, but like freeze dried. Mm. Mm. Yum. And then uh so they start coming out with like a hamburger helper and then like yeah, like you're saying the potatoes like in a box. And you just like put them in boiling water or whatever. And they make up it's all military. It's all military. Yeah. Yes, sir. So you take it in a combat Postmodern man. Yeah, and then it just happens to fit Mm -hmm. right in with the modern living styles that were being promoted with the sort of like a, a 
dual income families and both too busy to and cook, wife working, too busy, too busy, to, too busy to, to eat. You know, and, yeah, and another, another thing too is like we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks is, you know, to even get people to accept denatured food, you had to shape and mold the people and the image of themselves that they had of themselves to be able to eat that type of stuff. So, you know, one thing we've talked about quite often is that war is mainly cultural is waged for the purpose of cultural change and not, you know, yeah, it's a land clearing and yeah, you do kill, you know, people and population control or, you know, moving hordes of people out of one area, displacement, you know, that type of stuff. But cultural change is probably the most uh, significant thing. And so when you get people used to uh, rationing, because uh, not a lot of people are aware of uh, of this, but during the world during World War II, which was a fake conflagration, not that I, I'm not saying people didn't die or there wasn't real combat. I'm saying that there wasn't real enemies to be fighting and, um, no. in the higher in the higher echelons of power. But they had rations in the U.S. as, as big of a joke as that is, the most productive country in the world ever was rationing rubber and metal and food. Yeah. Right? Well, where they had the uh, um, you had ration tickets or something like that. Uh, Remember this old man was telling me about that you get like a, a, a certain allotment and you have to have your ration ticket in order to be able to purchase it at the store. So you had something like issued from the government, I guess, that gave you a certain allotment of coffee or whatever it is you were going to buy. Mm-hmm. And not only that, a lot of people were on board with it. They were they were into the idea of it. Like you were doing it for the troops. You were helping out. You were It was... You know, that type of stuff. And um, Well, I'd be go, willing to bet that they were still throwing shit in the landfills. You know? Yeah, oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt the, the, that type of stuff. And there's no doubt, too, that um, if you read the accounts of some, you know, which I've watched a lot of World War II documentaries on History Channel and all that type of stuff or whatever it may be back in the old days, and they were starving the troops. Oh, yeah. So they're giving these guys, you know, cans of beans and stuff like that, pork and beans, you know. (laughs) Yeah, uh, you know experimenting on them like how can you how long can you uh go on a can of beans you know like what like what are the human limits as far as like eating garbage and being able to like still function like uh yeah they were experimenting on troops and uh yeah it's just miserable you know like to be in that situation but uh yeah eating mres which are absolutely disgusting. 
to me. I don't yeah, know. How, how long can you be out, you know, in stranded on a Pacific Island with nothing to eat and, um, no, no fresh water or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. think, I think we've talked about that before is like the, you know, particularly, particularly the Pacific conflicts where they test the limits of the guys who were out there and, um, in your, and you know, hear, hearing these accounts of how they couldn't, they just, they just couldn't get these guys any food or water or anything like that. It's, they and they couldn't take out the Japanese. The Japanese just had a strong stronghold on the, on the islands. And it's like, give me a break. Come on. Oh yeah, yeah. I do believe that's all experimentation. And yeah. I believe that that's what. Um, eventually, I mean, of course, that all, all those food products, so-called, that were developed were brought into the wider culture and society, and 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 then, of course, you know, you'll have we're seeing kind of these very high rates of like diabetes, all these kind of different diseases, chronic fatigue, all this different stuff, and then, of course. Uh, you know, we were talking about this last time. It's all these food allergies and all this stuff. Well, that's all direct or, uh, direct or directly related to uh, all the synthetic food and garbage and stuff, obviously, and GMOs and hybridized shit and all that. Um, yeah, and World War II or the wars were was where that stuff was developed and then tested out and... Then it, it, I think after after that it was pretty well understood like uh, what the fallout would be and what the results would be from you know introducing those foods into the wider culture and uh, and I and I and I and I do believe that it's like the the it's not accidental. There's just no way it's accidental. It was just very intentional and. Uh, it, and it also aids and facilitates uh, further transitioning people, which we're seeing now. People are being further transitioned over there, like off of meat onto plant-based stuff. And um, it's uh, with the premise that, like, oh, well, you know, we just, we'll just point the finger at meat and meat products as being the culprit when nothing could be further from the truth. Exactly the opposite. It's kind of like, we've been on a largely plant-based diet for, you know, decades and decades, you know, according to the food pyramid and all the recommendations and like people eating large amounts of like, uh, you know, pastas and wheat and bread and, uh, so-called whole grains and all this stuff, which is, is, uh, the cause of probably a lot of these ailments, no doubt. And, uh, so with all that, the back, as the the lead up to what we're seeing now, then you could just you know, yeah, like identify the culprit, which uh, which they'll say is meat, dairy, and stuff like that. Which is uh, the the grocery store fare is not even uh, proper meat or proper dairy. It's just you know highly processed uh, and then pasteurized, superheated, and you you know kill all the nutrients in it. And then, 
you can emphasize the the ill health effects of that, and then make a case that, that nobody should be eating any dairy, nobody should be eating any meat. Got to stop doing that and go over to healthy plant-based stuff. And it's like, yeah, and it's that that couldn't be done outside of the context of uh, uh, coming off of decades and decades of the synthetic produced garbage food that you know the the average person consumes regularly. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I am going to have to go here, my friend. All right. Getting kind of late, and um, here's some, I hear some noise in there. I should probably uh, go see what that's about. Um, so how's it been going so far as uh, your new job and everything? New house, a new place, everything's going good? Everything... Everything's, uh, well, <laughs> a job's good. The job is good, yeah. It's been a rough transition, let's just say, uh, in the moving and that type of stuff. It, w- it wasn't the most easiest of transitions, but it was, um, yeah, hopefully we'll get it all back on track here. So. Yeah, usually it is a, a royal pain, but... Uh... Yeah, pretty much count on that if you're going to move. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Definitely. But, uh, yeah, you get settled in, man. You you get it. Yeah, when you come. Yeah, if you um, when you come back this way, you'll have to visit again. Oh yeah, planning on it. I'll uh, yeah, I'll set up a tent out in your yard and just camp out. Uh, maybe there's yeah a couple of months left to get a to get get you guys to bring me food out there and stuff so I don't have to do a lot of moving around or anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. You can, uh huh. Yep. Um, sleep sleep with the cats. Sleep with the cats. Yeah, I'll get them all in the tent for uh, warmth. Yeah. You won't need any. Well, it'll get uh, it will get uh, pretty toasty out here. It's already been kind of a couple of days out here. It's pretty hot. Oh yeah, we're going to be going in. Didn't we have the spring uh, clock dickery and all that? So we got it. We got the clocks uh, moved. Well, me, now, now you and I are oh. on the same time. Yeah, we weren't. We were an hour off before. Okay. Now we're yeah, on just the last week, Arizona we, doesn't do that. Tom Bullery. They don't. Arizona so. does not do the Tom Foolery. So, anyways, yeah. I'm going to go, sir. Uh, anybody uh, listening, thanks for listening. And um, if you want to donate um, to Chris or myself, you can go to our emails. I guess now. Yeah, I'll. I'll I'm working on putting a link up. Uh, oh yeah, by the way, send me that uh your PayPal information again because uh okay. I went back to the blog and I couldn't uh, extract it off the blog, so and then I'll okay. post it on the placeholder page. Yeah, it's just it, it's just my email, but jradams857 at yahoo.com. Okay. 
Oh, that so, one. Okay. Well, I'll use that one. Yeah, no problem. And then, uh, yeah, I'll post it at the hoaxbusterskull.com. No www. No www. No. No WWF. Or WWF either. Yeah. All right. All right. Good. Talk to you next time, my good friend. All right, you too. All right, Take later. Take care, man. Later. Bye. Bye. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.